attempt at recording this fucking podcast so that you can actually hear both me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Hello, mate. This has been a fucking nightmare, right? I don't know whose fault it is. I'm not, I'm not even blaming anybody anymore, but I did actually threaten to kill Aaron. Uh, yesterday, no, I'm fucking blaming him as well. I think, he's, I think he's fixed it now. Yeah, Aaron's our producer, and he, he, he what he knows about st- sound, you can stick up a gnat's ass. But he knows he's a lot more about fucking it now. useless. Hang on, he knows a lot more about it now because he's apparently because we it. kicked his ass for about a month. <laughs> but he has actually fixed it. He says right. Yeah. So if this is now out, it means he has fixed it. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully I'm sounding all right. So uh, it's been fun living in a dustbin. But I mean, uh, there are some people who thought I was doing it deliberately. I don't yeah. know where they would get that just, fucking idea. Just from. as people know, basically my microphone hasn't been working. Mike sits about six feet away from me, so you've been hearing me being recorded through his microphone while mine has been fucking useless. Yes. But we didn't know that it was fucking No, we didn't because know. Because it sounded all right in No, because that, that little cunt Aaron kept saying it was fixed. Well, he said it was fine. Because in there, yeah. in that room where he sits, yeah. it sounded fine. Yeah. And it was somehow only transmogrified into yeah. shit yeah. when it was put through the system. Yeah, but the moral of this story is never listen to Aaron. He's a fucking lying little cunt who well, knows nothing about sound. Well, yeah, but that's like most producers, <laughs> you know. I mean, it, it doesn't, to be fair, that doesn't make him stand out from anybody else. He's a massive cunt, though, yeah. in a general listen, sense. Listen, really. how about this, right? This is from Andrew. He sent this in. Uh, he said, was TV Kev in the biscuit tin again? Come on, lads. I thought you Herberts were professionals. Yeah. By the way, the wife loves listening in. Uh, is there any chance of calling Andy and Jeannie a pair of cunts, please? Well, they are a pair of cunts. Jeannie. G-E-E-N-Y. Well, it's like that. It's like stuck in a fucking bottle or is something. Is that short for Jean? Or long for Jean? Jeannie in a bottle. Jeannie, yeah. but it's not spelt like I dream of Jeannie. Do you? Star- yeah, do you remember that series? It. No, starring yes, Larry Hagman. Starring Larry Hagman. It went on from, to star in Dallas. The guy from Dallas. Yeah, yeah. that was quite a good show, actually. Well, yeah, but, uh, what was the, it was the the, the, the the genie was played by uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor's sister, was Eva. It? Eva Gabor. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I remember uh, one of the great sayings of Zsa Zsa Gabor, and for those people who've never heard of her, she was this incredibly um, many times married woman. Was who Hungarian? was Hungarian originally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by... Uh, by birth. The original Hollywood foreign van. She was yeah. absolutely right. And she was quite sexy when she was young. Yeah, good looking woman. Yes. Um, but so somebody, was her sister. Somebody once said to her, um, you know, darling, would you still love me if I was not a millionaire? To which she said, yes, of course, darling, I would love you, but I would miss you. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was rather a good line. Anyway, here we are. Um, you keep telling everyone we're on the brink of fucking World War Three. I think you've got to stop doing that because people are starting to get fucking nervous. They're getting anxiety as a result of this. <laughs> well, if you're not fucking your... nervous right now, when are you going to be fucking, fucking nervous? Bollocks. You're like my fucking wife. She keeps saying it. Don't even say it because then it'll happen. How pathetic is that? Oh, yeah, that, that sounds intelligent. Well, has yeah. she been taking to be No, no, that's her idea. If you say it, it might happen. <laughs> Like, uh, thank you for this debate on the international world stage. Yes. Don't say it. Don't say Don't it. Don't talk about it. Will there be... Well, shush! Don't even mention it. Putin's invaded Ukraine. No, no, no! No, you've said it now. Don't mention it! That's torn it. You know. Yeah, no, fuck? I think we're in the shit, though. No, we're not. Yeah. Listen, this is going to go away as fast as it fucking came. I promise you that. Right, okay. That right. Is, that's recorded. Now, you, well, it was recorded when we made Plank of the Week a bit earlier, right? Because you claim, basically that uh, we are going to have World War Three Now, if we don't I have World War Three, I really III, claim that. I said that I think NATO will get drawn into yeah. it, which but I suppose we, yeah, could be interpreted as World War Three. But here's the thing, III. though. If we make a bet about it, right, if World War Three happens, <laughs> the thing, I've, if 
fuck what are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> and also, what the fuck? Go uh, down fucking... Why the, also, why the fuck would I pay you if the fucking world's going to Let's end? go down fucking fuck Labrooks off. and ask them what the odds yeah. are. Hello. What's the odds on World War Three? then? What are yeah. you giving? If what are breaks, you giving? If it breaks out this side of Christmas, yeah, exactly. you get 10 I to like 1. This. Yeah. And if it goes beyond Christmas, you get a lot slightly you longer You get bookies off. with a fucking board like down the races. Yeah. I got 4 to 1 he goes into Estonia. Where's that I got guy, 3 yeah. to 1 in Slovakia. Do you remember that guy that used to walk up and down Oxford Street with the end is nigh on his yeah, fucking... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah well, 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 my point is, Mike, maybe the end is fucking I nigh. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, I think the problem here, right, is that people in government in this country have actually finally got something right. I thought they hadn't, right? I thought last week they should have done more. But it looks now like as if they haven't actually not done enough. It looks like they've done exactly what they should have done, which is not to get involved directly, but to give money and weapons to the Ukrainians, right? And that way, you know, keep an eye on, keeping a lid on it. I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, do you think we could, uh, along the way, you know, just uh, drop a crafty nuclear bomb on um, the Kremlin? On the Kremlin? Take uh, take old dwarfy boy well, out. Well, do you know what? What given, the fuck is up with that little given cunt, how by fucking, the way? Given how fucking woke we have now become, yeah. I bet you we couldn't fucking find the Why nuclear don't we, That would bomb. take the fucking wind out you'd of his dwarf out, sails. You'd probably find out that somebody's hidden them. Right, some fucking anti-nuclear. Disarm them because they're nasty. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're horrible. We don't ever want to drop those on anyone, so we've disarmed them. uh, And so, if you ever do drop them, they'll just hurt a little bit. Apparently, they they kill people. They kill people. I mean, don't want that. Yeah, no, we can't be. No, but I think maybe that'd take the wind out of his fucking dwarf sails, wouldn't it? If we just dropped a fucking nuclear bomb on him. Well, it does have a certain It would win, win the war for us. Well, no, it wouldn't. I've got it. I've no. fucking worked it not, out. There you, you not, go. No. Have you not seen the fucking uh, the movies, right? What happens when you trigger a fucking <laughs> it nuclear necessarily device? necessarily follow it goes like the movies. It does, actually. Because when you trigger a fucking nuclear device, right, yeah. the other one gets triggered over in Russia. So all the fucking silos open, and he fires a load of fucking warheads at us. Yeah, well, we That's why it's him. called mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Do you not fucking know that? Yeah. Well, so we can't fire a fucking nuke at him, can we? Well, sure we can. Well, because then he'll fire be, one at us. Well, be brave. Don't be such a coward. I don't mind being brave. I just don't want to glow in the fucking no, dark. No, 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 no. So you've got, you got to have a show, show a bit of guts. Yeah, Stand I've got up plenty of guts. Cunt. Listen, I've been in a fucking war zone, unlike you, when you were chasing around fucking some cunt in the fucking West End. I was actually in That wasn't a war. That was a civil war. No, it was a war. Trust me. It was a it's fucking a civil war. war. Oh, so what's the, the difference between a civil child's war and a war? Play. Child's play. So what was the English civil war then? Was that a war? Hmm? Was no, that a war? No, it was not. No, it wasn't, it wasn't up war. to much. Didn't like so fucking Cromwell. Cromwell fucking took control was for about twenty much? minutes and then fucking what dropped about the, the ball? American Civil War. What was that? Was that not a war? Well, uh, we, that, lose that issue hasn't so been you, that issue hasn't been resolved yet. Well, that, what, I mean, you haven't decided who's won it. Uh, well, uh, well I think they've done away with the Confederate flag. Well, I think we should go back won. out there. I think we should go back out there and fucking take America back. I'm not talking take, about the take, War of Independence. Yeah, I know, I'm but talking it, about the Civil yeah, War. Yeah, but the War of Independence uh, was the same kind. Led to the same thing, didn't yes, it? Yes. Well, not really. I mean, it's War of Independence was, was well. A war the War of Independence of led to the Civil War, and the Civil War. So was my a point war is that it, it was the, the War of Independence. South. The War of Independence is what triggered all the problems. Uh, and we've got to go back in there, take America back, yeah. get it off that fucking old senile cunt well, Biden, set fire to and the then White we'll House, be okay. Man. Where is he in he all was this, in the by last, the way? He was in the last fucking War of Independence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it, it, Actually, tonight, by the time you read this, or hear this, rather, he will have made his State of the Union address. Yeah. So they're busy... The uh, shocking State yeah, of the Union. They're, they're busy fucking pumping him full of drugs at the moment yeah. so that he can actually stay awake for long enough because yeah. he's got to do it after seven o'clock. God, fucking cunt. <laughs> fucking cunt. Where the fuck is it? Where the, I mean, you know, obviously I don't want World War, World War Three, and I... I think you do, just to win the fucking bet. That's the yeah. sort of guy you yeah, are. Yeah, wars are kind of cool, aren't they? 
Well, listen, I'm very glad that I covered the war in Bosnia because it gave me moral superiority over the likes of it you. It doesn't give you moral yes, it superiority. Does. It does, because I've seen people's human suffering firsthand. So have I. No, you haven't. I mean, just because you live in Hampstead doesn't mean you've no, seen I've fucking human I've seen suffering. people ripped apart by bombs. Yeah, in, in London. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, but it's a bad thing to see. Yeah, but of doesn't give you moral superiority just because you fucking went and covered some piss ball. I at was the wearing war. a bulletproof vest, mate. Yeah, that well, gives well me moral yeah, okay, you're a fucking cat. Bulletproof. You know vest. I bet you had one of those fucking helmets with press across no, it. No, I didn't, but I had a car that said press on it, right? Yeah. But I had a fucking larder. The Daily Telegraph, right? The fucking Daily Telegraph. But apart from where you kept the food, what did you drive? The Daily Telegraph had a fucking armour-plated Land Rover, right? So if somebody shot them, they couldn't actually pierce the fucking armour. I had what was called a soft car. A fucking larder, right? Which was left to me by Danny McGrory. And as soon as they came to pick me up, and they had a fucking puncture. And they were like, you're going to fix that? I went, no. I don't know how to fix fucking tyres. And they made me fix the tyre. Right. Myself, right? Well, at gunpoint. No, no, they were they were fellow reporters, didn't they? but they they fucked off, right? I'd managed to leave my um, laptop at Heathrow, right, because obviously I was very nervous about going into a war zone, and I said to Danny, "Can you leave me yours, and I'll just use yours, and you can." When you say you left, sorry to, to interrupt. When you say you left your laptop at Heathrow by by mistake, yeah, I put it Fucking on the belt. Fucking hell, that's a yeah. bit soft, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you, it gets worse, right? You must have been on the plane. Must have gone shit. I got on the plane and we were flying. I flew flew to oh, Rome, right? Hell, I had man. to ring my wife at the time to go and fucking get it because I'm like, I can't leave it fucking Heathrow because I don't know how long I'm here for. I'm there for at least a month, right? right. Maybe two. So she went to Heathrow, found it. So at least we had it. Um, but I said to Danny, I said, look, can I use your laptop? He went, no. And I was like, what? What do you mean, no? So I can only assume he had some shit on there that he didn't want me to see. Was he from the Daily Star? He was from the Express. Yeah. He was the chief foreign correspondent. Okay. I was going in because okay. they, they wanted to give him... Why like, wouldn't he let off. you fucking share his that laptop? Well, I don't know. I can only assume he had some porn on it or something. Nah. Well, he claimed... Tr- trying to get all the bylines. He claimed he? that... No, because he, no, he was going back to London. Oh, I was okay, relieving okay, okay. He okay. claimed that he had loads of stories on there. And I said, well, I can send them for you. Yeah. I can send them. We've read your stories, Danny. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> well, you know, he was one of the guys, one of the first people I met when I came back to work in London. And um, he was going, um, should we go for a drink? Because I was kind of being touted as the next big thing, you know, because Nick Lloyd had basically given me the job. And I'd come back with a sort of swagger, as you do when you come back from America. Yeah. And uh, we went to Stanford's Wine Bar for a drink, which was a fucking god-awful place, run yeah. by these two ex-boxers yeah, from the East yeah, End. I remember. And he said... Uh, he said, what are they paying you? I said, it's a fucking nightmare, Danny. Absolute fucking nightmare. Um, I said, I've been com- making like $200,000 a year in New York. And I can come back to the fucking shithouse fucking salary, 45 grand. And he's the chief foreign correspondent. He went, I'm only on 38. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, this Jesus was a long time Christ, ago. Yeah. But, you know. Um, anyway, so the worst thing was, was that because I couldn't send my stories back, I had to dictate them all down the line. And I had a sat phone in the car, but it was literally the size of this room. Because they were so big in those days, you couldn't lift it. Yeah, you yeah, needed two yeah, people yeah. to lift it. Travelling light, yeah. So I had to use the army sat phone to dictate all my stories down, right? Mm. So I'd be on the phone for sort of 20 minutes, half an hour every time I was dictating a story. Not much more of this, you know, just new. Yeah, of course it's fucking new. I'm in a fucking war zone, you cunt, you know. Anyway, so when I got back, the foreign, off- foreign editor said to me, um, he said, we've just had the phone bill from uh, the army. Didn't realise you were dictating all the stories. I said, well, that's all right. Well, how much is it? He went, 25 grand. Yeah. 25,000 quid. Because it's not actually a phone call, is it? It's like a, well, it's a telegram on, yeah. uh, radar yes. message. Well, because, yeah. you know, there was no fucking phone. It's a satellite phone. phone. And we satellite and we, phone, yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't take a mobile there and assume that it would yeah, work. Pe- people don't realise that in those days, 
Uh, I mean, don't forget there was, uh, I mean, I date back to the time where there was no fucking way of sending photographs at all. And the only way... Uh, so Except if you had a wire machine. No, well, no, but I date back before that. Really? Where there was no such thing as a wire machine. Right. And so the only way you got a film back... Uh, so it, it was, was it always struck me back. it was the most extraordinary thing. So you'd go halfway across the world, mm. you'd get the amazing pictures, and then the next morning, sometimes I went with the photographer. You'd usually have to go on a plane, no, they no, they had to go to the airport because yeah. they want you to stay on the. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you have to find someone and yeah. say, "Do you mind taking this yeah. film back? Someone will meet you at the and airport." Don't, and don't, for fuck's sake, yeah. put it through uh, the X-ray. Yeah, machine. and uh, otherwise all the pictures will disappear. Yeah, no, exactly. We once got uh, we once uh, um, got Ron Greenwood. Remember the former mm. England manager. Mm. Uh, it was a guy called Harry Page who was a photographer I when Harry I was Page, at the yeah. side. And he's uh, still around I think Harry is he? uh, I think he's probably hung up his cameras now yeah. but a uh, good bloke and uh, he spotted getting onto this plane going back to London I think we were in Austria or something Ron Green, he's like, Ron, Ron, he goes, oh, hello, he goes, can you take this back? Yeah. So, so, and that's what used to happen. And, yeah. and then, then they got these wire machines, yeah. and uh, people should remember that wasn't traveling light. They had the photographer had to have a trolley, yeah. and the machinery was six foot high. Right. I mean, it was literally six foot high on mm. a fucking trolley, yeah. and you had to cart that across the wall. Well, do you remember there was always, if you were on like a royal trip or something like that, there was always one of the snappers who would set up the kind of transmission room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right, room. that's right, so that's right. They'd they, borrow it, and yeah. I think they used to take turns, so mm. there'd be one of them. It would be like a fucking ma massive office operation going on. Yeah, I went to, uh, you know, because I've done some intrepid reporting. Uh, you, uh, you, you talk about war reporting. I've done some fucking brave reporting have as you? well. I went to Venice to cover <laughs> EastEnders. <laughs> EastEnders went for the week the in Venice. Venice. Edition. <laughs> they went into, into they, they went for a, a week because Dirty Den was having a, an affair with his mistress, right. Jan. Was this before he was caught wanking on the fucking No, that was way before that. That was in the early days. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Um, so uh, we went and sort of filed all these cliches for a week. The Bridge of Sighs. The Bridge great. of Sighs became the Bridge of Love. We played fucking. <laughs> we played. <laughs> we we um. Love all that. Shit. Yeah, we played golf on the Lido Island. Did you? Yeah, we had a great week. Uh, but uh, the so they all the photographers took six foot feet worth of massive equipment right. and like as you say mike that one of the snappers uh put set up the the sort of transmission uh center in in his room and because the lines to the phone lines were so fucking terrible mm. to uh, uh uh to venice uh that not they couldn't get their photos through because if the line was bad the photos came out like double they were like uh, double vision oh yeah and they couldn't get the photos through, so right. they had to revert to the old system. And every morning, one of the snappers uh, would have to go all that way on the water taxi. It's about right. an hour right. to get out to the airport mm. and find a passage right. and put it on. And one morning, it was a very, very nice morning, and um, uh, uh, I volunteered to do it. I thought, well, I fancy a boat ride, so I went and did it and found this person. Yeah. So could you take that back? Right. It'll be someone to meet. That used to be our Did Fleet you know, Street work. Be, one of the things when I first started travelling transatlantic just to go and see my girlfriend at the time before I even lived there, they were always advertising in the in the standard and in mm. various different, like exchanging marks, yeah, like yeah, yeah. advertising for couriers to take yeah. stuff because it wasn't just film. It was all manner of documents yeah. that before yeah. they had fax machines. And you could go and get on Concord for like 100 quid yeah. as yeah. long as you would carry this stuff with you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that. I remember that. there was never that. anybody sort of saying, oh, fucking... It's basically, would you take this bomb back yeah. to London? Well, can you imagine but, now? People well, yeah, go, sorry. Exactly. Has if anybody you given up, you anything that you didn't exactly. pack yourself? Well, yeah. If you went, yeah, you go up to passengers and say, 
Yeah, you know, if passengers say, have you got anything? Yeah, this bloke just gave me a bag with yeah. a load of film in it. Right. You know, it's like, fuck That's that. That's all right then, no problem at all. But I mean, it was a lot easier in those days getting around. I mean, but, I must admit, having gone to the States this last week, a couple of weeks ago, it was it was almost like in going in the old days. It was quiet. There was no fucking queues anywhere. Mm. It was actually really yeah, quite nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, we should look forward to that. Now, just while you're on, um, a piece of breaking news for you, which I'm sure will not fill you with joy. MPs, World War Three started. Tell uh, me. No, it hasn't. But it might after this. MPs to get two thousand two hundred pound pay rise from April after Boris Johnson urged restraint. So that oh, went down well. Fucking then. cunts. Do you know what they're reckoning, bro? Because they actually had an extraordinary year, supposedly. Right? MPs play a vital role in our democracy, and this is reflected in their pay. It is right that MPs are paid fairly for the responsibility and the unseen work they do, helping their constituents, which dramatically increased last year. How did it increase? Uh, well, uh, you know, I've always maintained that uh, they sh don't deserve a pay rise. They deserve a pay cut. Uh, well, their, uh, their pay now goes to £84,144. Fucking hell. And some of them still say it's not enough. Fuck of course they do. And some of them say it's impossible to live on that. And that's why they need to do all these dodgy fucking lobbying well, deals. Well, it's impossible to live like a fucking millionaire on yeah, it, but yeah, it's not impossible to live. Well, they, 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 many of them manage to live like millionaires because they do lobbying deals. They work for companies. Well, that's many what of they them should also, cut out. Well, many of them also get fucking huge expenses. So they've already got their yeah. travel costs covered. And, they, and their... loads of them hire their wife as yeah. the secretary. Right. So it's not exactly just a basic salary and nothing else. That's a fucking outrage. I though. know, I know. And when they say, when they say, that. when they say, uh, that that's a good story, actually, that where they say, oh, well, we should pay them lots more, then they don't have to do lobbying deals. What I say is pay them no more and ban them from doing lobbying deals. Yeah. End of. And if you can't live on 85 fucking thousand pounds a yeah, year, you can go and fuck yourself. I mean, honestly, this idea that we don't pay them enough money because yeah. so many of these... Like they're towering well, talents. No, because so many of these cunts in the public sector um, are making now six-figure salaries because mm. they've way overtaken a lot of jobs in the private sector. And there is that kind of upper echelon, isn't there, of people like bankers and fucking... You know, did you see that guy, by the way? You know, the, the guy who's the chair of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey. It's 575, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but he couldn't remember how much uh, he was Well, paid. he said he could He was like, oh, um, I'm, I'm not sure of the exact amount. Yeah, because he didn't want to say... Oh, really? Yeah, you liar. Can't fucking remember her. Of course I mean, he knows. Fucker, Everyone knows how much they earn. Everybody knows how much they fucking earn. But I mean, the point is, is that we now have this whole kind of coterie of people who make so much money that it's ridiculous. And so they look at eighty four thousand and probably yeah. think, yeah, that is shit. I wouldn't fucking work for that. But it's a lot of money to a lot of people. Of I mean, the average salary is still less than thirty grand a year, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. In and there, there are some. Uh, you know, there's some talents in the world of politics, but uh, mostly I don't see much talent. They're just a bunch of bickering arseholes yeah. who couldn't fucking get anything done as long as they got a hold of their I mean, I would arse. say, without any fucking shadow of a doubt, that you could probably count the good MPs, and I would say, even if you didn't include... There the are cabinet, some good ones. There are some good ones, but I reckon you could count them on both hands. But the uh, politicians right. are great ones for, for... Yeah, I agree, Mike, but, but politicians are great ones... Uh, for calling each other tremendously talented, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Right. And you think, well, why is he tremendously talented? Why, for example, now, you know, Boris Johnson, great journalist, good writer, writes good books. Uh, but, you know, why is well, he, is he a, a great journalist? I mean, he's quite a good writer. Yeah, OK, yeah. But, you know, is he a tremendously talented politician? What is a tremendously well, talented politician? I suppose part of the, the, the appeal that Boris has... He likes that, a party. Is that he likes a party, even though apparently he doesn't really go to them very often. No. He only goes to his work, work event, event, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
But I think the thing about Boris is that he, up until recently, he was thought to be able to communicate with the kind of ordinary man in the street. Funnily enough, I was listening to um, um, a show the other day where they were talking to Michael Crick, who's just written a book yeah, about yeah, yeah, Farage. About, he about actually Nigel said Farage. about Farage that basically this is a guy who's probably the greatest political communicator of his generation. I think he's probably right, because the great thing about Nigel Farage is that he does get on with people. He's a good and talker. A lot of, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of politicians just can't do that. They no. just don't know how to talk to anyone. Yeah, he, and I think he, Boris has that. Yeah. And that's what makes him good I mean, at what he does. that's the thing about uh, the Westminster bubble boys and girls is uh, they live on a different pa pa planet and they right. and they cannot fucking relate to all people. And in the words people. of the woke, they're tone deaf. Yeah. So basically I mean, they only get, go into pubs for photo ops. Yeah, right. And then they leave the children. Yeah, you know, they're standing David by the Cameron went into a pub and left one of his kids behind. Yeah, yeah. So, so it shows you how often I don't he goes know what the, the fuss was about. He's got other kids. Well, exactly. Well, Boris, of course, doesn't... That's the thing about that Home Alone film. I thought, well, who cares? You've well, got, you got three other kids. With Fuck the of... other one. Well, Boris isn't sure how many kids he's got, is I he? Wish so... I watched Home Alone uh, the other it's day. It's a great film. I yeah, love it's Home funny Alone. Film, funny it's film. Funny film. Very funny. I had to interview Macaulay Culkin when it first came right. out, right? He's a massive drunk that, now, So it was a Fox, 20th Century Fox film back in the 90s when I was in L.A. And uh, well, the woman, so the, the woman from uh, Fox uh, rang me up. Her name is Fran Zell. Fran. Fran. And she I was think a, I remember her. Yeah, no, she was a real New Yorker. Yeah, I think hey, I it's Fran her. here. Yeah. You want to come to this? But, you know, anyway, so uh, she she was desperately trying to get someone to come along yeah. uh, to do this sort of junket and interview this kid. And everyone's going, nah, nah, that film's going to die. They spent $7 million on the film. It's going to die a death. There's no one famous in it. Who gives a fuck? Right. And I was quite new to Hollywood. Uh, so I sort of wanted to keep in right. with the studio yeah, people. Yeah. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll come and do it. And she said, oh, would you? That'd be great. You know, so, so I came in and I met, I met Bacaulay Culkin and uh, uh, his mum and his right. dad. And uh, and that little kid, Kieran, Kieran, Kieran yeah. Cole, he, he was, but he was about like a baby then. He's or the something. one who's in. Uh, He's in uh, 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 Succession. Succession. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so I sat down with this kid, and I was just trying to sort of keep the PR happy right. and going, "Oh yeah, so what's it like being a kid then?" No, you know, that was just your first film, blah, blah, blah. and he was a good little kid. He was well behaved, and he told good stories, and his parents were great. And I left, and I said to Fran, "I said, well." Uh, you know, thanks for that, Frank. I, I, I'll do my best, but I mean, you know, frankly, there's no one fucking famous. I, I said, don't count on getting much uh, coverage on right. this. She said, no, I, I understand. I totally understand. And really. he became the biggest anyway, anyway, then ever, the fucking know? film came right. out and uh, uh, everyone wants the interview with the right. kid. Franzel, I'm getting calls from the Philippines, from New Zealand, uh, from fucking Germany, right. from all over the world. Can we have your interview yeah. with Macaulay Culpin? I made a fucking fortune. Excellent. Fucking tremendous. It's great when that happens. Yeah, right? yeah. When you just just sort of happen on something and you have no fucking clue. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember how we even did things in those days. But I remember getting um, the opposite of that story was when I got a call from uh, our friend Craig, who was features editor of the Express, and I was in New York, and they were filming that that movie with Jeremy Irons um, about oh the, the one about the Don Bulo, yeah yeah you know I think it was called something I can't remember <sighs> what the fucking name of it was anyway they were filming in Queens right. And he'd been trying for ages to get access to the set to get an interview with Jeremy Irons, and the London PRs were just not. Yeah, it always cunts. Um, just wouldn't do it, wouldn't let him. He said, "Any chance you could see if you could find out?" And somehow I found out where it was. Somehow I found out where the set was. They were filming in this house in Queens, which looked a bit like Newport because they couldn't film in Newport because they were too yeah. fucking rich. Um, 
what the fuck was the name of the film? Anyway, he got an Oscar for it, didn't he? He did. And um, I suddenly, I'd, I'd somehow found myself at the set and somehow got behind the scenes of the set. Yeah. And somehow got to find him filming. Yeah. And I still don't know how I did it, really. Um, and and he, he finished the, 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 the scene. And as he walked out, I said, oh, hi, Jeremy. I'm Mike Graham from the film. He said, oh, hi, how are you? Very nice. Very yeah. charming. Yeah. And we went and sat in the in the canteen. Where so you got it. Set up. And we just sat and Fantastic. Had and he had lunch with all the people in the crew because everybody really liked him. He didn't like, he wasn't on his own, you know. Yeah. And I sat down with him for probably half an hour. Good guy, in he? Uh, really nice, yeah. Um, and they went fucking apeshit in London because they, they, they put it off the front. You know, Jeremy Irons talking about this fucking... He talks exclusively to the Express, yeah. great stuff. Um, yeah. And that went around the world as well. Yeah, and then yeah, I discovered be. that uh, actually syndication is quite a good thing. You can make quite a lot of money that oh, way. Well, that's why you go to Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, everything I ever did, I sold 20 times. Mm. Uh, and sometimes rather lucratively. Yes. Uh, did very well out of Home Alone. Talking about those days, uh, we were talking about uh, technology earlier, uh, or the lack thereof. Yes. Uh, so, as you were uh, alluding to, we used to have to... To get your copy over uh, on a story, you had to find a fucking phone box and then just phone the copy takers and get it over. Right. And, of course, uh, what you would then do if you're on a big story and all the other papers there, you find the fucking phone box and you quite often see two or three reporters queuing up um, mm. uh, to uh, use the phone afterwards and just as you'd finish, you'd uh, just undo the receiving end of the phone and rip all the wires out. <laughs> And then put it back and say, good luck, mate. Yeah, find no, your copy. Absolutely. Reversal of fortune. I'll tell you a story. Um, this is one of my very uh, first shift, or one, a very early shift when I was on a local paper. And I was doing a Saturday shift at the Sunday People. And I got there and the news editor said, get in the car with Terry. Terry, there was a guy called Terry Lovell. He was like the chief reporter, right? And uh, he said, you're going to deal in Kent. Uh, then there was some sort of dodgy doctor who walked out on his yeah. wife and taken up with a vicar's wife, right. some shit like that. And uh, so uh, basically the Sunday People and the Sunday Mirror were in the same building. Uh, it was Tony Frost and yeah. John McShane. Were the, and they were, There's a name for the and they were uh, So we were literally driving down the M2 in company escorts, right. doing about 150 miles an hour, right. trying to get there first. And when we got to off the motorway, we kind of got into the woods, you know, the backwater woods and roads right. going to deal. Uh, so there's only one lane. So Terry suddenly uh, screeched the car to a halt, <laughs> did a sort of fucking handbrake turn yeah. and blocked the road. Yeah. So uh, McShane and Frost from the Sunday Mirror turn, had to come to a halt. <laughs> And t Terry Love used to talk like this. He's a really shifty guy, right. fucking hard man as well. Right. Uh, he, he, he he got out of the car and he walked up to to um, John and uh, Tony. And t I think John was driving, mm. sitting in the driving seat. And he goes, fellas, fellas, what are we fucking doing? We all work for the same company. Why are we busting our fucking backsides? He said, we can get down to deal we can get this guy. We can do the story together. We can file it. We can have a lovely lunch. And uh, oh, Tony Frost and McShane, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why don't we do that? And then yeah. uh, and just just as they're agreeing, he leant into the car, pulled, pulled out his ignition keys and chucked it 50 yards <laughs> into the woods and said, but you'll have to fucking find them first. <laughs> and then we drove off. Brilliant. They got there about two hours later. Tremendous. 
That's fucking great. I got another, I got another one similar story. Oh, well, hold uh, that thought. Right. I want to tell you about oh, sorry, um, man. Uh, Manscaped this week because we've got to give them a round of applause, right? It says uh, that we are in. We are the people who are allowed to announce that they have got um, the new ultra premium collection. Now I know that you've been trying out the aftershave, the cologne. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, good. Um, it's really which good. You said was really good, right? So this is um, an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man. Right, which is definitely us, covers you from head to toe, literally, uh, including below the waist. Right, so here's what you get a Manscaped premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, two in one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift, uh, which is a three pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil. Wow, so four products plus a gift inside the ultra premium collection, um, and also they're vegan friendly, so you'll be able to use them. Because now that you're a vegan... I'm not a fucking vegan. Well, you nearly are a vegan. <laughs> no, uh, it's dye-free, paraben-free, cruelty-free, so you'll like all that. Um, and all you've got to do... <laughs> fucking right, hippie. Yeah, because you are a fucking right hippie. Man. Right on, you know, man. We're all creatures off, together. It's 20% off plus free shipping with the code POLICE at manscaped.com. So 20% off plus free shipping with the code POLICE at manscaped.com. And um, the power of attraction is now... In a bottle, so you can't really do better than that. That's amazing. No, it's good. And quality. we're very happy with these guys. I can happen. I can the stuff that they do. Yeah, it's they really good quality. Actually, you know, we're not, ha- hand we're on not heart, guys. It's really, it's really very good. good. It's very good indeed. Now tell us your second. Uh, story. Well, it's it's a story about a friend of mine, Wesley Clarkson. You know, Wesley. Uh, it, it was a reporter on the Sunday Mirror, and a bit like it was an it was his first ever Saturday shift, and they sent him down. Uh, I think it was to uh, do you know like the area around Rom- Romney Marsh? Oh yeah, that's right. For some bloody story yeah. going on there. There's a lot of weirdness going so, on down so, there. So, yeah, Marshes. yeah. So so he speeds down there in his car, and he's all it's his first shift. He wants to impress uh, uh, the big national right. paper. He's never worked for a national, so he's charging around the it's, lanes. It's quite worrying, isn't it? Oh yeah, first your first thing, shift, you just yeah, you, you 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 know when you get the call for the second. In those days, it's fucking hard to get on the Fleet Street. But anyway. Uh, Wednesday gets down to uh, Romney Marshes and starts uh, speeding around looking for this house and so goes around one of those corners as you do. Fucking car comes the other day, mm. around the other way. It's fucking, they doesn't sort of, sc- they screech to a halt. The other car rolls into a ditch. Hey. Uh, and the and so Wednesday goes, do I get out? And he saw he saw this guy clamber out of the car. And he thought, well, he's not dead. Fuck it, I've got to carry on with the story. <laughs> Just drove off. Right. Uh, about to, he got to the house, phoned uh, phoned uh, in from the phone box uh, to the news desk and said, oh, it's Wednesday Clarkson. He said, thank God you've gone on. Some fucking idiot has, ri- has uh, ridden our main reporter off the fucking road and you'll have to do the story now. Brilliant. He had pushed the uh, Sunday Mirror's staff reporter off the road. I mean, sometimes that's what gets you the break, though, isn't it? You just get lucky. Yeah, or yeah. You and he got the it. big byline, yeah. you know. Or you happen to turn up at the right yeah. time or you happen to be there at the yeah, right time yeah, and everybody yeah. else has fucking moved on to somewhere else. I mean, I used to find myself in a lot of situations where, because in America, the sort of the heavy crowd would come in. Yeah. But because I was based there, uh, um, they would all go back to Britain, and you just go back and do the fucking story a week later and get what they hadn't got. I think, I think to an extent, as, as a reporter, newspaper reporter, you, you make your own luck. But I, I have known a lot of reporters who just aren't lucky, and if you're an unlucky type, uh, your career will not prosper. No, uh, you need a bit of you're uh, good be fortune. You're going to lucky rather than good. Yeah, uh, give me good lucky general. Yeah, you're so. right. You're right. How about this? Right, a bit of a wrinkle on the Putin story. Do you know who one of the big mates of Putin is? Steven Seagal. 
Oh, yeah. Apparently, he is a um, Russian special envoy. Uh, and he's in trouble because he came out and said that he could see both sides of the Ukraine <laughs> war. Um, he's blamed outside propaganda for provoking escalation. So well, I guess that'll go always, down well in the always, States. He'll always be welcome in Moscow. But, I mean, the States don't seem to give a shit. I told you when I was there. Not one person actually brought the subject up. Yeah, well, up. they're very insular, aren't they? They didn't fucking say anything at all. But there's loads of pictures of Steven Seagal with, with Vladimir Putin. Who knew? I didn't know they were mates. Uh, I, I think I did have some. Uh, he's, he's got, uh, he makes films over there and stuff like that. Yeah. I quite like Steven Seagal's films. They're really bad. They, they always had three words. They were like kind of... Under siege. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, people are really, really uh, reacting badly to it. Though. Here's one tweet. It says, Steven Seagal, what a family guy. So when Saddam Hussein's Iraq invaded small Kuwait, was that just one family? Because he said it was like one family, Ukraine mm. and Russia. When Hitler's mighty army invaded small and neutral Netherlands next door, that was just one family. When Soviets invaded small Finland in winter war, that was just one family. Yeah, I interviewed Seagal a couple of times. Um, he got a real act. Yes. You know? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pussycat at home. Yeah, of course. I'm a tough guy on screen, but I'm a pussycat. Yeah, well, I don't actually want to say something that might not be um, true. Well, they're, they're pretty, I know was, what you're referring to. There was an incident. There are there? incidents... Yes, where he's meant to have perhaps used. He was more he was married uh, to that woman who was uh, the lady in red. Was oh yeah, Kelly LeBrock. Right. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly yeah. LeBrock. Yeah, she was. There were stories. There were stories. There were stories. There certainly were. Speaking of love and uh, relationships, we should really give Matt Hancock a um, yeah, Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. I mean, fucking hell! What an absolute twenty-four carat fucking twat. Absolute cunt. You know, I'm in love. And I see that uh, Chris Whitty, who's still on the fucking missing list, by the way, uh, they've now decided to do away altogether with the vaccine mandate for NHS workers. Now, I don't know what that means for people who left their fucking jobs because they thought they were going to have to fucking be fired. But I just a fucking disgrace what's going on. And I'm not one of those that's going to let any of this fucking go. Well, yeah, because what it was, I think about, it was a month, month and a half ago, a month ago, they... Uh, you no longer were going to get fired if you didn't get your two right, jabs. Right. Uh, so, in other words, in other words, jab refuseniks were allowed to keep their jobs. Yeah. So they caved in on that. But what emerged soon afterwards, I spoke to that guy Steve James about it. Yeah. He was fuming, saying they they're still imposing vaccine uh, prejudices by the back door. Insofar as no one in the NHS who hadn't been vaccinated was allowed uh, to go for promotion, to apply for a different job, to go and work in a different NHS trust. Right. They were prisoners of their current job. Uh, so if this is a lifting of all of that. It's another sign that all we needed to get rid of the COVID crisis was a new fucking crisis. Hello, Ukraine. Mm, I, I mean, it's amazing the way nobody's talking about coronavirus I know. anymore. It's literally disappeared from trace, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you don't even hear anybody mentioning it at all. Yeah. I mean, there are still fucking people being told to wear masks in restaurants and in, um, in some supermarkets and still in schools. They've got to get rid of that. But I mean... Otherwise, it's just as if it was never here. I, th- I just think, you know, all this Omicron weird. shit, it's like, it's just like it always was. Sometimes you're going to catch a cold. And uh, I've been going on the tube every day. I've been going to football. Yeah. Uh, I've been going to crowd. I was again, at a packed, yeah, I was at a packed restaurant. Uh, sat, uh, well, well everywhere's packed. You know, I, I tried to get a restaurant reservation the other day. Um, couldn't get one for fucking love nor money. No, no, no. You know, because everything's, everything's booked up. No, I was I was in Soho twice over the weekend. Yeah. Really, really jam packed. Right. Uh, have the they streets. Still got, it's a bit cold to have the streets full of 
tables and chairs. Have they still oh, no, no. They, well, they don't need to do that anymore because people can go inside. Yeah. Uh, so it's just heaving, though. Mm. It's heaving. Uh, if anything, more crowded than ever. Right. And so just as, just as a personal story, I've been doing this throughout. Uh, yes, I had uh, COVID early on, but I haven't fucking had it. I, I think it's like the flu or anything like that. Right. Sometimes you're going to get it. Don't yeah, worry exactly. about it. Yeah, exactly. And funny enough, now we're worried about Ukraine. We're not worried about it. No, I mean, we're worried now about, well, you are worried about the fucking Third World War, which I'm not worried about either. Well, it's the point is... You've got to be pretty unlucky to get hit by a nuclear strike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, within a range of about 50 <laughs> square miles. Yeah, fucking hell, man. Fucking Chernobyl. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Chernobyl being in Ukraine. Yeah, I didn't. I, didn't. I, I thought know, it was in Russia. Well, because it was, wasn't it? Yeah, At I suppose time, so. When it yeah, happened, yeah. it was in fucking Russia. Now it's in fucking Ukraine. But Great. also, also, so it's a functioning power station again? Apparently so. Jesus. Apparently there are people... Um, Is um, it? Uh, yeah. I thought it was supposed to be, like, dangerous. No, apparently there are people that have been living there ever since it happened yeah. who are fine. You can tell them they've got four arms. They've got yeah. four arms and they glow in the dark. Other yeah. than that. No, yeah. but apparently they're fine. Well, cool. You well, know. not cool now, but uh, what's interesting about Putin's tactics is he wants to take all the power stations uh, because then the Ukrainians can't fire missiles right. at them in case they set off the reactors. Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, if he's actually doing what some people are saying he's doing, which is to be there for the fucking long haul, to just occupy mm. the fuck out of it, then that's fine, I think, as far as I'm concerned. That's what they'll do. And there will be constant sort of guerrilla warfare going on for the rest of the time. Here's the thing. You know, like, so there's supposed to be like a 40-mile convoy uh, heading for... Well, I keep hearing 40, 25, I don't know exactly 25, 40, uh, let's go for 40, it's a better story. Yeah. So... The according to military tacticians, this is madness because all the it's like a traffic jam. It's all the trucks and the tanks nose to nose to nose. So you can just blow and you never away. do that right. in a military convoy. Uh, but my question is: is what, why why isn't you, why aren't Ukraine bombing them from the air? Because I think they haven't got any planes. Well, they have. Yeah, have they? they've got loads of planes. Have they? Yeah, I mean, not not nearly as many as a Russia. Well, maybe they're worried that they'll get I shot. I think they've down. got about sixty-two. Have they uh, jets or something? Yeah. Well, maybe they're not worried about them until they get to where they go. Yeah, but if the point that was every military tactician has been saying is if you go above a convoy like that, you drop a couple of bombs, uh, you fucking blow up a couple of trucks, and mm. then the rest of the convoy can't get past. Right. Or even at least blow the fuck out of the road so they can't get around it. Well, you take out take a tank out as well, and yeah. you've got Bob's your uncle. Yeah. There you go. Well, listen, there's any number of ways it could all go. Um, Kevin still thinks it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I'm, I think it might stay the same for a while. Um, but that It's going is... to get fucking worse tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, who could say? I don't want it to get worse. No. I want to put that one on the right. record. You okay. know. I just fear that it so will. So Kevin doesn't I actually th- want the Third World War. Okay. No, well, who the fuck Even wants World War Three? You want fucking... You'd it would make be a bit money. cool for a bit, though. You'd make it? money if you thought you'd win the bet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's How much right. are we betting I'll, anyway, by yeah. the way? Uh, one ruble. Uh, that's worth, <laughs> worth fuck, that's worth, worth a million that. rubles, which is worth <laughs> yeah, about four p. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Right, a million rubles. There we are. Uh, we'll see you next time. I'm Mike Graham. He's Kevin. And Sullivan. if this sound doesn't work, you can all go fuck work, yourselves. One of, yeah, one of us is going to commit a fucking murder, and I don't know which one of us it's going to be. Oh, by the way, uh, are we going to put something out from our live show? Oh, yes, we are. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I was talking to Pooch just the other day, right. who, who's the guy that does all the live stuff with us, and he says that it should be ready to go uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Okay. Uh, and it so will be, even though he said it was a bit of a shaky floor, 
it will be video. Okay, so so, be, so stand by for that, folks. Stand live, by for that. Live and stream also, from our live and show. And also, by this time next week, we might have some more news for you because we've also got, we're working on some um, some live shows, but also we're working on a little subscription thing as well, mm. which might work yeah. out quite well. Uh, lots of things going on. So a lot uh, going on. Absolutely. Stay tuned, so you can't. If the world does fucking end, we're yeah. all fucked, yeah. but you'll be able to listen to Thought Police until you die. Indeed. <laughs> which will be very soon. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Speaking of love and uh, relationships, we should really give Matt Hancock a um, yeah, Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. I mean, fucking hell! What an absolute twenty-four karat cunt. Twat. Absolute cunt. You know, I'm in love, and I see that uh, Chris Whitty, who's still on the fucking missing list, by the way, uh, they've now decided to do away altogether with the vaccine mandate for NHS workers. Now, I don't know what that means for people who left their fucking jobs because they thought they were going to have to fucking be fired. But I a fucking disgrace what's going on. And I'm not one of those that's going to let any of this fucking go. Wars are kind of cool, aren't they? Well, listen, I'm very glad that I covered the war in Bosnia because it gave me moral superiority over the likes of you. It doesn't give you moral yes, it superiority. Does. It does, because I've seen people's human suffering firsthand. So have I. I mean, just because you live in Hampstead doesn't mean you've oh, seen right. fucking. I've seen suffering. people ripped apart by bombs. Yeah, in, in London. Yeah. yeah, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, but it's a bad thing to see. Yeah, but it doesn't give you moral superiority just because you fucking went and covered some piss pool. Well, I was wearing war. a bulletproof vest, mate. Yeah, that well, gives well me yeah, okay, yeah, you're a fucking cut. Bulletproof you know vest. I bet you had one of those fucking helmets with press across no, it. No, I didn't, but I had a car that said press on it, right? Yeah. But I had a fucking larder. The Daily Telegraph, right? <laughs> the fucking Daily But apart Telegraph. from where you kept the food, yeah. what did you drive? Fucking Chernobyl. Yeah. I'd forgotten about Chernobyl being in Ukraine. Yeah, I didn't. I thought yeah. it was in Russia. Well, because it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose time. so. When it happened, yeah. it was in fucking Russia. Now it's in fucking Ukraine. But right. also, also, so it's a functioning power station again? Apparently so. Jesus. Apparently there are people... Um, Is it? Uh, yeah. I thought it was supposed to be, like, dangerous. No, apparently there are people that have been living there ever since it happened. Yeah. They are fine. You can tell them they've got four arms. They've got yeah. four arms, they glow in the dark. Other yeah. than that. Cunt.